Hello, you're listening to Blethered, and my guest is Chelsea Alexander. We're talking about grief. How do you deal with it? Can you deal with it? Does it ever get any easier? Chelsea sadly lost her mum in February 2020, and we talk about her journey up until now, and she shares her personal experience. It's a different experience for everybody, but there are some shared realities. Now, whether you're going through a similar situation or somebody close to you is, and this might provide some comfort, support or insight into something that's rarely spoken about or discussed for understandable reasons. If you enjoy listening to it and you think somebody might benefit from hearing it, feel free to share it. Now, this episode is brought to you by Debt Experts Don't Fret About Debt. If you're struggling with debt and you would like a free chat with an impartial advisor to discuss your options or to see how you can lower your monthly repayments towards debt, then visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net forward slash blethered. You can also listen to my episode with Don't Fret About Debt Senior Debt Advisor Tommy Gallagher, where we discuss taking back control of your debt and the various solutions that are available. Don't Fret About Debt offer all statutory debt solutions in Scotland, helping you to make an informed choice. So take the first step to dealing with your debt today. Free advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. Cheers. Thanks very much for coming in and after your work and sitting and talking to me. No bother at all. Obviously, I know the answer to all these questions, but the people listening don't. So we'll just give you a bit of background on you. Tell me about where you where you grew up. Give um, you a flavour of that. I grew up in like Rob Royston, Bishop Briggs, Bishop Briggs Academy. Quiet life. Mm-hmm. Standard. What? Let's get. Obviously, we are here to talk about something quite specific. But I suppose the best thing then to do is paint a wee picture of family life and and life kind of growing up. Oh, um, I grew up like my granny kind of looked after me. Um, she was like my second mum, and then when I was thirteen, my granny died. I don't know if you know that. Like, obviously, you know no. about my mum, but like, um, I found my granny. <sighs> so I've got the doctors think I've got PTSD for that. So then, it was just like me, my mum, my dad, and my brother. I've got like. Aunties and uncles, and I'm, there's there's not a lot of kids. It was just kind of me and my brother, um, and then my mum and dad moved to Spain, and my brother lives abroad as well. So it's just kind of whereabouts does your brother live? He lives in Holland in Nijmegen. Right, okay. Is that just for, like for work? Uh, he went to do a master's degree at uni, and then just he met his partner, and he's just it's been about five years or something that he's lived there. Mm-hmm. And then obviously my mum and dad moved to Spain in 2019. What what caused them or like prompted them to move? Just wanted a wee change? Um, my mum's sister had already moved and my mum's always wanted to live abroad. So mm. How was that? Like straight away I'm thinking Were you like tighten it? Aye, I lived at home. Uh-huh. And then they've just were like Aye. we're off to the sunshine. <laughs> I mean to begin with you must have been buzzing thinking yes. No, I, I was not no. buzzing. I, like my dad told me in the morning, I went and I remember going out to work and just sat the full day crying, like I was like, where am I going to live? And I ended up just like moving in with a girl for a while. Um, they literally just, I think they wanted to do it before Brexit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they did, they moved to Spain. And did you, well, I mean, once you kind of got used to it, did you think, oh, this is quite good, I'll get a wee bit of holiday home? Aye, so I went, like my mum and dad moved in August and I went in the November for my birthday and then I went at Christmas. Um, but then like that was in the December obviously Christmas is December <laughs> and then my mum passed away in February and then like Covid happened like straight after that so I've actually not been out that many times like because I've not been able to uh-huh. so what if you don't mind me and if, if there's anything you think I don't want to talk about that or you don't okay. want to say then just say but what what then I suppose we'll just get right into it mm-hmm. what happened how did that unfold 
So I was over in the November and my mum, she'd lost a bit of weight and I was like, are you all right? But like, she was just saying that she was anxious, like about moving. I think she was, she was worried about me that she'd left me and mm. we were codependent with my parents and they left me and then, <laughs> um, like she was worried that maybe they wouldn't get a job or whatever, like, she was just like over being like over being worried like she didn't need to mm -hmm. and then um I went, then she came back she came back in february because her uncle had passed away and she was just dead skinny and everything and i just asked her again like are you all right she just said she was worried and my dad kept trying to get her to go to the doctors in the hospital and she wouldn't go so i don't know if she knew maybe like that there was something happening and then my dad like one day she just said oh I'll go to the hospital today and my dad took her and in, in the hospital she just collapsed and that was her, just died. She was, she was only 51, so. That's so young. I know, mental. Were they able to give you like any sort of explanation? Her heart just stopped. Like my granny died of the same thing at 57 and then my mum was 51. Like, and mm. but my brother's been in kid, like he's had tests and that done and there's nothing that they can see. So I don't even know if it's like one of the things where it just, I don't know, just stops. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, how how did you get that news? So there was like a big storm here, probably like the way it's been recently. And um, I think I remember this just before it was February. I like, just, it was a really bad storm and it was the 10th of February. So I had, I couldn't get a hold of my mum that day or my dad or my auntie. My auntie lives in Spain, my mum's sister. And I was take, I ended up like giving my dad like dogs abuse and texts because I was like, you're making me pure worried. Obviously I'm, because of my granny, like I'm, See if any of them like overslept in the morning or it, and I'd be trying to wake them up, like just worried that something mm -hmm. had happened. So like nobody was answering me and I didn't know what was going on and I knew my mum hadn't been feeling well. And um I gave my dad like, a pure cheeky message and then my auntie I text her saying the was happening, would you tell me? But my mum had like passed away at this point, but they, they were not going to tell me in text. So she'd asked my uncle, like my mum's brother, to come over, or, or and then she wrote my mum's cousin, and it was just whoever got to me first. And my mum's cousin chatted my door and she was like, oh, it's me mental weather out here. Can I can I come in? And I was like, what's happened to my mum? Like, I just knew. But I just thought maybe they were going to say she said a heart attack or a stroke or something because obviously she's so young and she was like, she's passed away. Like, just collapsed. Like, it was horrible. I can't, honestly, I can't even imagine that. I'm just putting myself in your shoes. I I hope you don't blame yourself for sending any cheeky texts. No, because like, I was raging. I... I was like, somebody better answer me and tell me what's happening. But mm. I knew... I was in work that day and I said to my boss at the time, something's happened with my mum and she was like, because I do like suffer from anxiety and mm -hmm. everybody's like, it's your anxiety, it's fine. And I'd just been on the phone to my best pal just before it. Sorry, I'm missing something. My auntie, my uncle's girl, girlfriend at the time phoned me and said, because eh, I was like, how do you clean an oven? I was pure Martian, like living with, my <coughs> living with my parents so long. And I was like, how do you <laughs> clean an oven? She's like, I'll come over and show you the night. And it was pure horrible weather and... I just knew then, I was like, she's not coming over to show me. Mm. She wants to say something and I thought my pal and I was like, they're coming over to tell me something about my mum. She was like, no, it's your anxiety, just calm down. Mm -hmm. And then two seconds later, my door went and it was my, like my mum's cousin. See what you're saying about people saying, you're saying you felt as if you knew and people are saying, no, it's, it's, it's you're just up to high door a wee bit. I, I basically, I. But I was reading a thing the other day and it was about, you know, you get people that say, oh, I'm an empath. I always know how somebody's feeling. I always know what somebody's mood is. And then the person broke it down and said, more often than not, if kids grow up in um, hostile environments or volatile environments, mm -hmm. and they're always walking in eggshells because they don't want to piss off their parents mm -hmm. or whoever they're living with. And that then leads to them being immediately in tune with 
what is this person's mood and how are they feeling so they can react accordingly yeah. and they keep that with them through life and were you saying that you felt as if and this is a question you saying you felt as if you just knew something oh, was wrong mm -hmm. do you think that was as a result of what happened to you you know with your grand i i was always like it was like i was always prepared for it to happen that one uh, that like somebody else was going to die it. that way like i was always expecting it to happen like the what like the arse fell out my world when that happened to my granny mm -hmm. so i was like that's not going to happen to me again i'll always be prepared so i was always in this pure state of high alert like oh it could happen so them and they weren't answering that day my mind always goes to that my dad now obviously lives in spain if he doesn't answer his phone that's me in my head I, there's been times i've been like nearly been sick like pacing the living room because my dad's having a nap during the day and i can't get hold of him like he's maybe he's, like he's doing something. he's at the pub like right let's go to the pub so it's, it's just like mental I'm, I'm like a pure basket case because of it and that's a shame because oh he's sick of me honestly to God. <laughs> <Is he? laughs> I, but i'm sure he understands as well no i don't even think he does he's like leave me alone and i'm like are you all right are you, are you alive then and have you ever seen the scene and still game where Willie oh, McIntosh oh, I'm not I'm no deed that's like our, our, our family I saw somebody just saying me, like, I'm no deed somebody saying the day that it was that clip I'm no deed what could a deed guy do this and it said that's the queen on FaceTime to our pals today because <laughs> the rumours are going about that the queen has passed away if there's any um, devout monarchists man it wasn't me that said this so don't be going mental at me um, I totally get that though because it's like with anything if something's happened to you and it was fucking traumatic mm -hmm. you're going to be like you say on pure high alert yeah, 100%. is that i mean it sounds like a bit of an invasive question but like does that just kind of go through your mind generally like uh, most days honestly like i've had pals where they've maybe been having like a bit of a tough time and then i kind of got a hold of them or like one of my pals she took nowhere and our, our neighbor told me she was having an ambulance and just my automatic thing is like I don't know if it's just trying to make yourself prepared that if it does happen it's not like I don't know how to explain it it's not this just like, I get what you mean like pure out of the blue I, you need, like just so that I'm prepared if it happens again because I can't explain how horrible it is when that I know obviously loads of people have lost people and the people they've had family members go through like a horrible illness or whatever which is mm -hmm. so so horrible and hard to watch but for me it's never been like that it's been so sudden that it's just like the shock and mm. it's like, I don't know how to explain it, it's just horrible. Like, do you think you summed it up perfectly? You said the arse fell out your world. Literally. And that's a very you way of summing something up. No. But it's, um, it's, that's, that's exactly what it is. You're just living your life and then Aye. all of a sudden that, it turns your world upside down. Aye, you're just plotting along, everything's fine. And then like at the start, of, like, obviously my mum died in the start of 2020. And I remember her being like, I mean, 2020 was shit for everybody. Oh, fuck yeah. COVID happened. But... I remember my mum being like, this is going to be your year, hen, blah, blah, blah. And then she had the cheek to die, like, a month later. I was like, are you having a laugh? Like, this is not going to be my year now, is it? How, how, fuck me. I mean, this is a question I don't think has an answer, but more a commentary of what happened. But how do you even begin to, one, process that, and two, like, deal with it? Or can you ever, I'm not saying you move on, right? But can you ever move for that? awful feeling to then things are getting brighter um it's dead hard for me because obviously everything that happened to my mum was mixed in with the covid happening it's as well hard for closure isn't it? Like, i like i don't know i don't think people think obviously grief 
maybe you'll be over it in a year or you'll be over it in two years. You're not going to be over it. You're, you're, you've changed as a person. Mm-hmm. The way you view the world has changed. Your, your full life has literally changed. You just adapt and you're a different person then. Like, yeah, that's very well summarized, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Is it like you, you don't, I don't know, so you end up holding this heavy weight of grief. Is it like you don't get rid of it? It doesn't get lighter, but you just become more adept to carrying it. it. Uh, you learn to live with it. Like, obviously the first weeks and months, like, I remember a few days after my mum died, I was in Spain and I was sleeping on my dad's living room floor because he's only got a two bedroom. My brother and his partner were there and I woke up in the morning and I was like, I'm not getting up. Like, I'm not getting off this floor. I can't go and organise a funeral and all that. I just couldn't do it. Like, you're not like that the full time, but you're still carrying it. Like, you're still, you still miss that person Mm. and... As I said, like you change as a person, like your outlook in life changes. What did your outlook in life sort of become? I think I'm less like, I think I'm more understanding of different things. Like, you know, obviously you know me and I can be like quite savage or whatever. Um, But I'm dead different now. I feel like I can understand people's different like perspectives. The way somebody behaves, I can think, well, of the is something happened to them? Like, is that why they're mm. acting a certain way? Well, I am fucks. By the way, I, like this is now getting quite ridiculous. I don't know why I'm sitting getting upset. I don't. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, because um, the questions, like I'm asking questions, pure matter of fact. I'm like, this is fine because I can always compartmentalize emotion. So can I. And and it's like it's there, and I can feel it, but I can keep it away. Like I interviewed, um, I interviewed. I did a. I was kind of working on a documentary. Compose myself again. Working on a documentary and. Um, it's about why we should decriminalize nationwide decriminalize cannabis for medicinal mm. purpose to help um people that are suffering with cancer to either alleviate pain or to extend their lifespan and um you can it does arguments for people who've got epilepsy and how it can basically improve people's quality of life and and if you had a young guy james austin his name um and he had been diagnosed with stage four glioblastoma which is the most aggressive form of brain cancer and in 2016, he was given six months to live. And there you go in October 2021, I'm sitting interviewing him. Mm-hmm. He'd been uh, sourcing um, the, the pure, like a very pure form of cannabis oil and taking it as an oral, uh, ingesting it orally. And I mean, the people and the, the, the consultants he was speaking to were, um, this is a pure long way for me to explain one wee point, but the consultants <laughs> he was speaking to were like, um, whatever you're doing, keep doing it they were like legally i can't tell you to take something they're like but whatever you're doing I, like, I can tell you that i'm not telling you not to take it that's my roundabout way it's extended his life so long and as i'm interviewing him though he felt he was coming to the end of his life and the whole time i was like sitting speaking to him i felt as if i could easily burst into tears but it was like no you're on camera this is your job. Mm-hmm. It's not your thing, my place to cry. Then I fucking, I think I must have cried for about two days after it. And he passed away like two weeks later. Oh, did he? Oh my God. Quite suddenly. Um, but the whole point that I hope your long convoluted explanation was to say that I don't know what happened there. Or I do know what happened. I don't know. It's just talking about this is, and hearing that experience proper knocked me down. I'm going to be quite embarrassed when I listen back to that. <laughs> my, vo- my voice starts pure cracking. Um, I can't even remember the next thing I was going to say, to be honest. What was I going to say? I don't read minds. No. Um, <laughs> Sorry. 
know that's totally <laughs> me not. No, that's what I was going to say. So were you saying um, you're looking at the world differently, and going, why is that person acting like that? I interviewed Karen Dunbar, and one thing she said was, hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. As in, like you're just feeling sort of wounded, and you're like, why is this? Why is this happened to me? Like, why? I think I'm the opposite. Really? I think I've become so much more understanding and like empathetic of people since mm. maybe when my granny died and I was like so young and obviously I think I had PTSD or angry and like I was 13 like it was horrible I was probably you're already a tough time in it it was like the worst time it could have happened like everybody I was you know I was like mental when I was younger I was always arguing and fighting with people <laughs> and everything and it's so embarrassing now that I'm 30 but like they've, they've said to me now at this age I had PTSD and that's anger like it was just my anger mm -hmm. but I think this time by being older and losing my mum I'm so different I, I feel like I can un, I'm I'm dead understanding well I try and be dead understanding a why if somebody's been a bit of a dick I'm like well why are they being a dick like mm -hmm. even if it's it could just be a wee small thing that's happened but there's all there usually is an explanation hey like there's always like people people can maybe be a bit short with you whatever and you can be like oh that's my fault but then I'm like it's, it's not other fighting with her husband or something like mm -hmm. do you know what i mean i can be good at that sometimes and other times i can be terrible at it sometimes i'll be like you know if somebody's snide to me i always go back tenfold mm -hmm. but then recently i have been like anything could be happening in their life but that's probably because you're doing this and you're speaking to people that have had stuff going on like uh, the god i don't even know i've got so many questions like how were your family kind of dealing with things and especially with being with your, like your dad being away for like you know like if you're at home at least you feel anchored uh, to somewhere my dad and my mum had like the best relationship ever they met when they were like 17 my dad was a bingo caller proposed to my mum on the microphone she was a waitress like see that like disney relationship obviously people fight like but they didn't much like growing up like uh -huh. i'd I feel as if they've set a very high standard and that's why I'm still single at 30. <laughs> Benchmarks too high. I, like seriously, they were just still besotted with each other. Um, it's it's not been harder than losing my mum, but seeing my dad upset is like, honestly, like close to it. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just, it's been so hard and being like worried about them and I know it's just, like dead person, I don't know my dad don't want me to talk about it. See, before this wasn't my dad, this was in my mind. My dad came home for a while and he was staying with me and I only had one bedroom at the time. So he was sleeping on my living room floor, mm. tried to keep my bed, he wasn't having it. So he went to stay in a hotel for a few nights. And in my head, because of like, I, my mind goes to the worst, I was thinking my dad was going into like this hotel to kill himself. <sighs> and I was like stalking him, like actually full blown stalking him. Yeah. I was back at work and I was phoning him every hour and he was like, I was just so worried about him. So like that was, so, that was, that's been so hard. Like, and the fact that we all, the three of us live in different countries. Mm -hmm. We never got to see each other until my mum died in February and then obviously COVID. So it was like August before we seen each other. Uh, After I can't, that. Honest to God, I can't even imagine that because touch wood. Well, well, say touch wood, I'm talking about the past for fuck's sake. But all my family were fine and I mm. really struggled just not getting to be, to be near them as much. And honestly, I can't even imagine that. 
but you're you're in different countries, so there is no possibility. Mm-hmm. At least I could I would go and see my grandpa and we'd sit like apart from each other Aye. in the garden, or I'd go and talk to my mum that through the window for the first wee while. Eventually, they, I did realise like yeah, this you, was a bit much. I know. We can mm-hmm. we can kind of I can come in for a cup of tea. <laughs> Aye, but you know I I would go away like a pure wrench. Like God, this is horrible. I know. And meanwhile, I suppose I would have been blissfully unaware. Of, I kept putting flights and so many others and they just kept getting cancelled and I was like Aye. and I was just purely it was like my brother's got a partner so I, as much as I was worried about him he was probably more worried about me because mm-hmm. I, I get followed for my job and everything so I was just literally in my my house myself it was it was honestly like the worst maybe six months of my life like and my dad like the you'll know obviously the the restrictions in Spain were mental. Oh, nuts. You weren't allowed to go a walk unless oh, you had yeah. a dog. People where my dad lives were taking out like pillows on a on a string and <laughs> pretending to walk a dog. Like literally just Aye. to get out. Height of summer, couldn't leave the house. Awful that, isn't it? Aye, so I was was really worried about my dad, but he's he's do, he's doing good now. Like to be fair, he is doing well. Mm-hmm. Still misses her and that'll never go away, but he's doing he's doing much better. I'm glad to hear that. Well, how do you feel now? It must be tough because it's been it's just obviously been the anniversary. And... Yeah, it was two years last week, so I don't know. Like I was, I was fine on the anniversary, but see, the two weeks after, I've not really been sleeping. And after my mum died, I went like months. I was like, I was having to get sleeping tablets for the doctors and everything. I just wasn't sleeping, um, and I've kind of regret, not regressed. I'm totally back into that, but like my sleeping's not been great, and don't know, just wee things have been bothering me and I've just felt a bit down and everything. But I think obviously it is still like the hangover for COVID. I'm still working for home and everything. Like, mm-hmm. So it's like lonely. I mean, you because you're thinking it day to day, but me looking at the bigger, like the two year span, like the resilience that you've shown is, I don't know if, I don't think I could have. I know, but I everybody have. says that to me. Everybody's like, you're so strong. I think, I think my pals all thought that when this happened, they were so worried, like, I was going to, I don't know, have a nervous breakdown or something. Mm-hmm. But everybody thinks that. Like, before I lost my mum, I thought, if I ever lose my mum, like, that's me. I'll need to quit my job. I won't be able to work. Like, I went back to work two weeks later. Like, you just, you don't realise how strong you can be because you just need to go on with what mm-hmm. you meant to do. Like, you might just lose your on. house because you can't pay your bills. Like, Aye. There's, um, like, I've heard people saying before, and I totally get it, they're like, you feel guilty for enjoying life. Did you ever experience, do you know what I mean by that? I know what you mean, but I never probably experienced it because I didn't get to enjoy life for so long <laughs> because of COVID. Like, when I'm trying not I to li- fucking get emotional again, <laughs> gonna not say that. I literally just like was stuck in the house for, I don't know how long I was not enjoying life. So it, I don't even know when I started. In, I've, n- I've never felt guilty for enjoying it because my mum would have been so annoyed. Like the one thing she used to say to me, I used to say to my mum, oh my god what will I do if you die and she's like if you can't live without me then I've not done my job right ah, so a really nice thing to say I know so that was that's what I just need to think like and then see see if I'd lost my mum and it was just me I probably would have felt to pieces yeah but when you've got your dad to worry about and your brother and my auntie like I'm so close to her, her my mum are best pals like you can't like what are you meant to do if I knew that if I felt to pieces we were all just in this circle of all being so worried about each other that none of us did, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I suppose aye, that's that's a really good point. I never even considered that because you're, I suppose you're sharing that worry for each other, but there's probably an element of also being like, well, we can also enjoy having each other. Mm-hmm. Like one one vital link has is now no longer here, but it doesn't mean that the whole chain is completely mm-hmm. collapsed. Because the thing I was saying about um, 
feeling guilty for enjoying like life like i've heard people saying that and being like they laugh and i don't know if people will be related to this i get that and then it like in your mind you're like and they'll laugh then my mum's just died like even like at my mum's funeral like we had a funeral in spain and then we had like a memorial thing here and me and all my pals went to the pub and all that after it and they all had like probably one of the best nights that they've had <laughs> and i do say a funeral's a good day if it's not somebody that you're close to but i remember sitting i know it's so sick no, it's, right? it's not though it's true it and is. i think everybody will laugh at that and go oh it fuck is. and they'll go i shouldn't laugh at that but no, it is, that is right. i remember always sitting in the pub my dad had went away with his brothers my brother was out with his pals me and my auntie were out with my pals and I remember I was all taking shots. My mum was called Janet and we were doing Tanit for Janet taking shots, right? <laughs> Honestly. And I remember being like, this is a pure good night. And then they just like the realisation, this is my mum's funeral. Aye. And I just thought, I, I just felt so drained in that moment. I was like, I need to go home. And my pals lost, they didn't even know when they went home. What they had like. Probably for days. No, 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 not quite. But like the next morning or whatever, they had such a good night. And I'm like... And they've told me since, like, how much of a good night they've had, like... Aye, when's the next one? I know, I was like, it, it got to a point where I was like, I'm having too good a time, and I did feel guilty that night. I was uh, like, I need to go home. It's like, people catch themselves laughing, and then they'll go, wait a minute, how can I laugh when things happened? And it's like, this this is going down the road of pure um, Disney cliches, and it's <laughs> sounding cliches, I don't mean it to be, but it's like, when something like that happens, where your world is turned upside down, or somebody departs so suddenly and it is one it's the biggest cliche ever and two i say it every single time because you forget because life you kind of get back into the groove of life but it's like the time that we've got on earth sadly isn't it forever mm -hmm. we don't know how long it is gonna last um like i've pals killed at 17 at 25 you know at 31 and you're like these people woke up those people all woke up that day and and they expected to I just go about like there's there's i know you do get it with people sadly with illnesses and stuff but even then they didn't expect to die that day and i always think if you were able to sit them down and go look sorry to tell you this but you've got four weeks left and it's like what would they then do obviously after getting over the fucking shock i've been told that i'm of the belief that they black like, well I'm going to just enjoy this as much yeah, as I can, 100%. whether it's I'm going to laugh as much as I can or I'm going to spend time with the people I love, tell them that I love them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to eat this. I'm going to drink that. <laughs> I'm going to dance. I just do that anyway. <laughs> I, I know. I, I know. But it's like, so then when you're confronted with the big hole that's been left, I think the biggest tribute you could pay to them is to enjoy your time as much mm -hmm. as possible. Yeah, I, there's going to be tears. There's going to be pain and and all those other things but it's like well it is a wee bit of a harsh sort of wee chap to the skull to black, yeah, by the way life's too short i th this applies to you as well like because mm -hmm. i always think i'm i don't know if it's like after turning 30 sometimes i'll be like <laughs> oh fuck well I'm, I, I'm i'm pure aware of my own mortality and i don't know if it's just when you get into that phase of well, your life none of my grandparents lived to 60 and my mum was 51 i'm i've not got long left i don't think so I'm just like, well, I've always done what I wanted anyway, but maybe. I think you've got, I think you've got ages. I think I'll, <laughs> no, I'll still be seeing you in Gracie's at 70. <laughs> or whatever the incarnation no, of Gracie's is in 40 years from now. I know, I'm like, I just thought, fit. I'm like 20 years left, right, what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, have you ever, I, always, I bring this up all the time, because um, I think it's a really good point and some people, it resonates with some people, it doesn't resonate with others, but there's a book called Man's Search for Meaning by a guy called Viktor Frankl. 
and he was an Austrian, I think he was from Vienna, and he was taken to a concentration camp, he was a Jewish Austrian, and his entire family were killed, and he basically found ways to sort of reconcile with that, because he's like, what is the point in me going on? Holding on, on it for the rest of your life. Are continuing, and he basically learned this, and he came up with this sort of principle or concept, and he helped people that were suffering with grief, and there was a guy that would come to him a lot, who was trying to process a loss of his wife. I think she died quite suddenly. And he just couldn't get his head around it. He's like, there's no point in living. And I'm pure paraphrasing, and I might be slightly altering the example, but the concept or the notion remains the same. And the Victor Frankl said to the guy, let's flip things around. You're the one who died suddenly, and your wife has been left here on her own. How do you think she would fare? How do you think she would cope? And the guy says, well, I don't think she would, to be honest. I earned the money or whatever, and I think she would have struggled so much with the grief she couldn't function. I don't think she would find any happiness in life. And he's like, I truly don't think she would ever have been able to you know, on. go on and carry that. And he said, well, look at it this way. Your wife has passed on, and instead of her taking that burden, you're carrying that mm. pain. And he's like, she... He's like, by my beliefs anyway, she's left the party a wee bit early. She's gone a wee bit ahead and you'll catch up with her eventually. Mm -hmm. But what's happened is you have shouldered that grief and he's like, there can be no greater act of love than that. I know, that's actually a nice way to look at it because to be honest, like, I don't know how my mum would have coped if it had been my dad. Oh, like, God, God forbid you. Or me, I... Like, how oh, would... God, no. No. She would be in a mental hospital or something. And... While that doesn't, that doesn't ease anything for you, but there must be a slight bit of comfort to no, go. No, because you know I, I did just to say to my mum, like obviously death's always been a, like, a topic in my house when we mm -hmm. did lose my granny so young. Like my, my granny was fifty-seven. Do you know what I mean? Like that is so young. Mental at that age, I thought she was old because she was like my granny. But well, I've, I've got my pal. I'm not going to name her, but I've got my pal's fiftieth on Saturday, and she is pure young. She's Aye. really she and she does look, look really young, but. 50's not old at no, all. No. But I remember being a wee guy, I was talking to this other day, I remember being a wee guy and thinking people in their 60s were old, but people used to die in their 60s. I was like people in their 50s were old because my, my granny know that we're all in their Aye, 50s. Like. And that's young. Like I'm going to night suit with somebody that's 50. Well, and you're, you're reaching there just slowly. I know, but do you know what I mean? It's like, and so when I hear that age, I'm like, that is that is not old at Aye. all. Like, like it's young, it's it was, so young. It was always like a topic of conversation because like, we, like we losing my granny was so hard and everybody, she was a pure like matriarch of the family and mm. I used to say things to my mum like I'd rather die before you and she used to go mental like that's not how it's supposed to be like I go first like you'll survive like you'll live your life so I don't know how it should have coped if it had been me or my brother maybe it should have been my brother probably if it was my brother <laughs> but, no, I no I, I it's I understand you saying that as well though because it's the thing that because this this is one of the whole points that this us having this conversation, and I honestly can't express how grateful I'm that you've actually come and and are sitting and being so candid like this. But it's the thing that I think scares me most in in life. Oh, this fucking voice is crying again. But do you know, what? <laughs> and I think everybody can relate to that because it's like that's your world. That's all you've ever known, and then all of a sudden it's it's changed beyond all recognition, and it's I like. Am. 
fuck that I didn't sign up for that I like things the way they were I know like so you can imagine like your mum dying right and obviously yeah, it's so horrible and you don't want to imagine it but like you don't actually realise how like how different like everything is after that like my full family dynamic's different like mm-hmm. you all like assume a different role slightly don't Aye, just, like, like, you just like you move up in the chain she was a boss of everybody like mm. and then now it's like just totally different like it's just I don't know how to explain it there's no words it's just every, and everybody's experience that will be totally different because it depends what kind of role that person played in their yeah. family does do you ever have any like because i'm i've never denied being a big believer of this do you ever have any wee feelings that she's around you all over the loads like um that must be such a comfort we've always said like my granny used to have like butterflies all over her house like we fake butterflies and it, she used to say she was going to be reincarnated as a butterfly so after my granny died my mum got a butterfly tattoo and it's just always been a thing mm-hmm. so see once my mum died like on the morning of my mum's funeral in spain me my dad and my brother and his boyfriend were having a Prosecco, like, just giving a wee cheers to my mum. This white butterfly is pure flying about. And then I didn't see my dad and my brother till I went to Holland in the August. Everywhere we went, there was a white butterfly. It was mm. the weirdest thing. Like, just couldn't get away from us. Like, uh-huh. and then there's been times where I've been, like, having a hard time and I've got a teddy made of my mum's clothes and I remember turning around to go to bed one night and I felt a breath in my face. Like, uh-huh. there is, like, I, I, well, I believe in stuff like that. I know it's not for everybody, but there's mm-hmm. been so many different... And my mum's song for me, sorry, just to sing my girl to me. June. I know it is a tune and then like my 30th birthday party I was sitting ready to go and we were waiting a taxi couldn't get a taxi so I phoned I was like asked Alexa to put the radio on that song came on and then like on the night of my mum's anniversary I went out for dinner with my pal and we the horseshoe <laughs> and like the first person to sing karaoke sang my girl it's just weird like it's mm-hmm. just it might not even be in but see if it gives somebody a bit of comfort then exactly. that's all that, like that's all that's important i think like somebody who's conscientious of what others think but still believes in that always says that it might not be it might not be and i'm i get why you're saying that but i'm like it was I no i know i believe in it 100 like mm-hmm. there's been too many wee weird things like and i've been to see psychics and that as well that have said stuff to me that's just like nobody knew do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. so it's um I, I get it but like we're saying everybody's got different beliefs i'm of the belief that i don't know that they've they have they've left the party to go to another one do you know there's actually a and, and we'll be joining probably sooner than we think you know that <laughs> phrase is like that the, you know you you don't have as much what's that oh, fuck what's that thing me something about ah uh, something really profound and i can't even remember what it is something about basically Ah, you don't have as much time as you think, but in a nice way. That sounds very threatening, doesn't it? It's more like just enjoy the time that you've got. Like, you see people that are spend their full lives obsessed with their diet. Um, like they don't drink. Like, fair enough. I know something. Everybody wants to drink, but all that kind of stuff and to prolong their life. Like you could get knocked on by a bus, like, and no. you have literally been miserable your full life. <laughs> I know. It's not a life that I'm planning and living. No, <laughs> no chance. It's um. Uh, there's, you know, there's another thing as well while we're talking about sort of um, old, I don't know, what do you call that? No, no metaphor. Like a wee story anyway, but there's, because um, when we're talking about being in somewhere better and all that kind of thing and we'll be following them at some point, there's a, a native, I think it's like a Native American sort of ideology in a sense and it's like to wish, to miss somebody that's passed on is like a massive sin like that's a bad thing and then you hear that and you're mm-hmm. like you're like what but the explanation is that they've gone somewhere so amazing that if you were to say to them here do you want to come back 
they'd be like uh, no. no i'll just wait for you here mate like do you realize how good this is and it kind of comes down to the fact also that you know they once cried over people that they'd lost and they mm. then get to be with them again the thing is like you do miss a person but you miss your you miss your life you miss what your life was like before they died can you just hear that Aye. All right, so <laughs> I'm I'm like expecting something like a ghost. That's just, a ghost. That's uh, my mum. She's like, stop fucking talking about me. <laughs> that door is just pure rattling. <laughs> Sorry, what you saying? No, like you miss your life, like the landscape of your life before you lost that person. Because for me, as I said, like both times I've lost somebody, it's been like so sudden, and it's been like the the most important people to you. Like, so your life just becomes totally different, hmm. and it's like you can't even remember what your life was like before it. Like. It's weird to explain. No, I totally understand, man. I, like, if my voice cracking about eight times and my eyes pure <laughs> filling up, Disney give it away. I'm a very emotional person. No, I can't hide that. Like, I, I can't stop that coming out. Do you it's know what I mean? It's not a bad thing. No, and and but I even find myself like, I was at my mum's and uh, I was, you know, I was in the ad, the Celtic advert for the Celtic strips, and they asked me, Adidas asked me to get pictures of me as a kid in the hoops. Because they were maybe going to use it as part mm. of the advert. So I had to go and find, dig out pictures. And I was looking at stuff and I was like, oh my God, I forgot that. And I'm looking at the way people looked. I'm looking at the way I looked as a wee boy, obviously. Yeah, mushroom. But, yeah. Did you have a mushroom? No, I did a fucking... <laughs> I always said like, pure slick back here. I was basically like Danny Zuko when I was age six. <laughs> I looked like a wee mug, but I can blame my mum for that one. Stupid eye. I, I, I watch. Um, but I left the house and i had a pile of these pictures and then i don't know i think it's the whole thing of getting older and like now i've got a longer uh period of reference to look at and i can mm. see the changes in people and i was pure inconsolable i looked at For, pictures of like your mum when she was younger like, uh -huh, your like my grandparents mm. and, and on it, inconsolable like it was as if taps had been turned on and i couldn't oh, yeah. And I think it was maybe more the reckoning of, and this is morbid as fuck, and especially if any of my family's listening, I still be like, what? He's talking about me. <laughs> but I'm just imagining in the future, and you're like, I whoa. Um, I, like, I've been so lucky family-wise. Touch wood, hundred times. Oh. So lucky family-wise um, <laughs> with that type of thing. And it's just it's my biggest fear. I and know, it's something like, that keeps me awake at night. I, I can understand, but like... <sighs> See, a bit of advice I would give anybody, like, take as much pictures of people that you love and take pictures with them, like, because mm. see when they're gone and that's all you've got. See the amount of pictures of me and my mum, there's hardly any, like, because mm -hmm. she would be like, we'd be out and she, or, or she'd be trying to take pictures of me and I'd be like, mum, going to fuck off, like, <laughs> do you know that way? Like, you're just Aye. like, you just always think you've got more time than what you've got. So now I've only got these, like, so many pictures and it's just like, it's just shit. To, I've, and like, even like being able to hear her voice or whatever, but I've got an Alexa. And uh, when my mum was home for her uncle's funeral, she was like my uncle's, like my other uncle's wee girl was in and my mum was getting Alexa to make fart noises. So I've got like these recordings of my mum because if you go into the Alexa app, you can get all, everything you've ever said to it. Oh. It's weird. They record everything you say. But my mum's, like I've got vo vo like these recordings of my mum asking Alexa to make a fart noise. But, like I've still got a voice, do you know what I mean? That's that's nice, but... <laughs> is it nice? See, see, no, it, it is. Yeah, and it's funny as well. But you've just got me thinking as well. I remember hearing about the Alexa thing and I went and checked it and it was me saying, I said, play silver by the DMAs, you fucking arsehole. <laughs> like, just, just shouting at this thing and I'm like, it's definitely me that's the problem. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, man. I hope, like, I don't know. 
the FBI and that on the listening to that. It's like a pure. What's his name that owns it? Jeff Bezos. He's coming for you. Well, the things I said about that guy, I hate that guy, even though I've got an Alexa. If you were like, you've said about taking pictures, if you were speaking to somebody, something like me, who's so fortunate to have my family in touch with again, what, um, what would you say to me? I like take pictures, like see, see if your mum's been at, like everybody's mum annoys them, right? And me and my mum used to fight like cat and dog, <laughs> but like see when she's saying things to you, like wanting a cuddle and all that, don't be a wee dick and push her away, like give your mum a cuddle, like mm. take I'm pictures great, I'm with a, her. I'm affectionate, I'm probably all right that way. Is that, I don't take this in a way, but you're a son by a mum, like I think that is different, like Aye. lassies with her mum, it's, Mm -hmm. can be tumultuous like my mum was like 23 when she had me so when I was like 16 there was the age difference there is and I was a wee bitch so it was like we used to just (laughs) fight and argue but like the the, the regret you feel when you lose them and you think everything you've said to them like Mm -hmm. nasty horrible stuff like just don't say it just like seeing my pals if they're fighting with their mum or whatever I'm like just don't like as much as I did like, like so much now I'm like, I just the regret you feel is horrible. Just don't just be mm. nice. I can be a night. I can be a nightmare with people that I'm I'm closest to. Which Everybody is, is, but aye. Well, if my mum or anybody else is listening, I'm sorry. I didn't mean <laughs> it. Um, and I love you. This has been. I mean, I don't want to say this has been great because I've sat like a wee fucking crying Jesse the whole way through it and while you've sat completely composed and it should be my everyday life is what I'm uh, it should be the other way about but I think like I don't know I suppose everybody will take something different for conversations listen I want to have more with people who because everybody could have reacted to something different had a different experience and everybody's different is experience regardless if it's even like dead like so similar there's something there's gotta be something different like they'll they have maybe lost their mum dead suddenly, but they don't have their dad or like mm-hmm. whatever. But there's there's so many commonalities mm-hmm. and things that people share, and I feel like the whole purpose of this is that it is the I I honestly we talk about it's I mean it's cultural bingo now. Like people will just say, well, let's talk about mental health, let's talk about this, and I find that at times a wee bit cringy, but I'm also like, no, it is positive because it is such a taboo. But I, I think that death and grief are the two most taboo things because one, oh, that's another thing I want to ask you about. One, people don't want to bring it up. Don't want to imagine it's going to happen to them I, either. And they, I don't want to imagine it will happen. And when it's with somebody else, it's like, they, they, you don't want to ask that because it's it's prodding a painful wound, mm-hmm. isn't it? How, that, that's probably a good point. Let's say, because we've, we've kind of discussed what people might experience, what you experience, what they can expect. Because there could be somebody who's at the start of that journey. Mm-hmm. It could be, I'm not saying the middle of it because it's it's continuous, but they could be right. a wee bit in. What about if you're a person and somebody close to you has lost somebody? How can you be there for somebody? Because, you know, I mean, people don't want to say the wrong thing. And I don't know. I think just like letting people know that, that you're there and just letting them, like, as long as somebody you know that they're there and you can go to them but like some people say things to you that are dead patronizing and be like they're in a better place mm. um or um i don't even know like well at least you got to do this at least you got to do that or your mum like that's not 
that's not consoling me. I know you're like, oh well, no, oh, you put well, it that I, way. At least, right. at least my mum didn't die when I was five. Like, oh no, that's fine. Then I'm over it. Like, don't say yeah. patronising things like that to people yeah. and just accept that their grief isn't something that they're going to go over anytime. Like, like you're never going to go over it. You just learn to live with it. Just don't be patronising and annoying. What I was thinking is just, just letting them know you're just being there. Ah, uh, you, like you're there. Like, my, I've, I've been so lucky. My pals are all really good. Like, like on Mother's Day and anniversaries and everything. Like I know that they they were going to do stuff or whatever. They're all there for me, so I've been lucky. But it's annoying sometimes when you meet people and they're like, "Well, at least you got this for your mum. At least she died dead suddenly, and she, and at least this." And you're like, "At least nothing." Aye, I know. Oh, I at least you died dead suddenly because that that's any comfort. At like, least fuck all, mate. Just know, leave it. Out. Just shut up. But that's the only thing I would say. Don't be patronising to people and just listen if they need to talk. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably a good. A good place to round it up. You've been great. I didn't realise you'd be such a good guest. I'm going to end up with my own podcast, aren't I? <laughs> you can just you can be like my co-host on this if you want, because I'm man, it's, I'm getting tired carrying the can. That's At least I won't be sitting bubbling when people are talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I get upset quite a no, lot. No, I'm only joking. That's a good thing. You can wear I, your heart I get on your upset sleeve. quite a lot, but the power of editing, I can just take. I usually take. I won't maybe, take this one. Out. Maybe you're an empath, but what you were saying. Maybe. And I you feel know. other people's emotions. I, I I can I can I can usually tell things, but then oh, it's just uh, I suppose putting myself in that position. Uh, it's a scary one. So maybe I'm just a self-centered asshole. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Could be any of them. Well, no, it's Chelsea. Thanks again. It's been no it's been great. Uh, and thank you as always for listening. Uh, we'll be back with another episode of Blethered soon. Cheers. When tomorrow starts without me, and I'm not there to see. If the sun should rise and find your eyes all filled with tears for me I wish so much you wouldn't cry the way you did today while thinking of the many things we didn't get to say I know how much you love me as much as I love you and each time that you think of me I know you'll miss me too But when tomorrow starts without me, please try to understand that an angel came and called my name and took me by the hand and said my place was ready in heaven far above and that I'd have to leave behind all those I dearly love. But as I turned to walk away, a tear fell from my eye. For all my life I'd always thought I didn't want to die. I had so much to live for, so much left yet to do. It seemed almost impossible that I was leaving you. I thought of all the yesterdays, the good ones and the bad. I thought of all the love we shared and all the fun we had. If I could relive yesterday, just even for a while, I'd say goodbye and kiss you, and maybe see you smile. But then I fully realized that this could never be, for emptiness and memories would take the place of me. And when I thought of worldly things, 
Am I to miss come tomorrow? I thought of you, and when I did, my heart was filled with sorrow. But when I walked through heaven's gates, I felt so much at home. When God looked down and smiled at me from his great golden throne, he said, this is eternity, and all I have promised you. Today, your life on earth is past, but here, life starts anew. I promise no tomorrow, but today will always last, and since each day is the same, there's no longing for the past. So when tomorrow starts without me, don't think we're far apart, for every time you think of me, I'm right here in your heart.